Welcome to the Award Travel 101 podcast. My name is Jeff Brownson and I'm your host. My full-time job is managing the Award Travel 101 Facebook group. That group is made up of over 60,000 people who travel the world using miles and points. Our group members not only love to learn about award travel, but they are happy to share, teach, and help others learn to travel the world on any budget. This podcast not only gets into the details of award travel and using miles and points, but it also takes a look at my life running a Facebook group full-time and the lives of our members as they travel the world. Have you earned plenty of miles, but you aren't sure what to do next? Are you struggling to find the flights you need to get where you want to go? If you need some help with an award booking, stop by the Award Travel 101 Facebook group and check out our new weekend thread, The Weekend Burn. Just give us the details of what you're looking to book, and some of our 60,000 plus members will help you find the best way to burn those hard-earned miles and points. All right, I'm here today with Brandon Neff, who is the finance buzz travel and credit card guy, I guess is the best way to describe him, but let's hear more from him about it. So, and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Uh, thank you for coming. We are actually connecting because we're here at FinCon, so Jeff took his time to come over and hang out And since I'm in town. Uh, like he mentioned, um, I work for Finance Buzz, and I kind of do everything, a little bit of finance, a little bit of travel, credit cards, so I'm super excited to get to be on the podcast. Yeah, and if you listened last week, uh, you heard the, my interview with Lee Huffman. I'm actually, we're recording this just a little bit after I recorded that, but you have to wait a week to hear it. So um, a lot of stuff going on at FinCon. We have CardCon coming up in a couple of days. Brandon, you're actually going to be flying away before that happens, right? Yeah, unfortunately, I'm going to miss CardCon this year. Uh, I was there last year. and We actually talked about Jason on the elevator on the way up. Jason runs CardCon. Uh, it's a great conference, but... I am heading over to Barcelona and driving through all the way through to Monaco and uh, doing some traveling because my wife says so and she's the boss. So we're leaving. <laughs> well, often it is the wives that uh, make the better choices, at least in your case, in my case, I think uh, they, they know what they're talking about. So we're best just to follow along. Um, we'll get a little bit more into that trip a little bit later in the podcast here. But let's let's go into your background a little bit. How did you, I guess, end up where you are? I know um, there was some, I read a, a story about your financial situation in the past just last week. Um, and I know you've done a lot of travel and then getting to the point where you are with working. So give me just kind of, not a super quick summary, but give, give our listeners an idea of where you started and how you got where you are. Yeah. So you hit it on the head. Um, I kind of, had this kind of crazy backstory where essentially I got out of college, had a bunch of debt, the economy got bad. Uh, my wife and I decided to move overseas. Uh, and at that time, we our families had never left the West Coast. Uh, we landed in Thailand with about $2,000 in our pocket thinking we're going to teach English and we're going to, you know, we're going to be fine. Um, we quickly realized that $2,000 didn't go as far as we thought. And somebody actually mentioned there, do you know anything about credit card points and miles? Because you know, I landed in Thailand. I was, I love traveling and I wanted to continue to do it. And I said, well, I know about credit cards because I do cash back. That's all I cared about because travel wasn't important. And this person just said, Hey, look into it. And he put me on to flyer talk. I had no idea what it was at the time. So I discovered flyer talk, FICO forums, all these different you know places. And I just 
got into it. And that was about 10 years ago. And I lived all over Southeast Asia. I lived in Australia. And I've been doing this now for about 11 years. I'm on the road an average of 180 days a year, and it's all on points and miles. Um, I luckily got to a point um, after I moved from Australia where I was financially independent and I didn't need to work. And that's when I started using Facebook because I got bored. I was sitting at home, using Facebook, playing video games. Yeah, when you have a lot of free time, it's easier to uh, to do a little bit more of the online playing around. Absolutely. And I, I think that's actually when I discovered Award Travel 101. It's when I dis- discovered FBZ Elite. And I was just in all these different Facebook groups. And I got bored, like I said, and I decided to start my own blog. And I reached out to the owners of FBZ Elite and who is Finance Buzz. And they said, well, how about instead of us partnering, um, you come and take over our group. So I took over the Facebook group and it's kind of turned, it's turned into a full-time position, Jeff, like you, you know, Uh, I was doing my own thing. I ended up in in this group with this bigger company and now I get to work there and I get to do exactly what I want every day. I get to help build communities, help people travel and get hang out with people like you and do podcasts. Yeah. And it's interesting. We both kind of had a a similar way of getting into the positions we're in now where we didn't set out with the goal of, yes, I'm going to run this huge online community of people who love to travel and love uh, airline miles and hotel points. But we both kind of learned enough and ingrained ourselves in those communities and became um, knowledgeable enough that the people who ran those communities said, hey, you, you should be the one running that. So I don't I I guess that says we both had a lot of free time and read a whole lot. I know I I first got into this uh, just after I had sold a business. So I was home with the kids for a couple of years when they were young and I had all the time in the world to read and uh, learn about all these things. And I, I found some blogs and got started with it. You mentioned Flyer Talk is one of the first things you found, which is just a huge, huge database and message board and overwhelming yeah crazy (laughs) i i can't imagine if i had found that first how i probably would have cried and put my head in the sand somewhere it's so much information there and kind of hard to navigate um but really if you do a google search for almost any question you're going to get some threads from there going to give you an answer to it in the in the travel and points world i i completely agree and i i think i should mention too like in the con- our conversation between the two of us, I think one reason, and even going back to Richard and going back to the people that run other groups, I think there's a certain type of personality that does this. We had some conversation earlier about some of the challenges you've already faced since you've taken over, you know, AT101, AT101. Um, and I think it's something we all face. You have to have a, you know, a certain type of personality. And a lot of people don't want to go through that. So I think the people that run the groups, people like you and I, like, you have to have a little bit of patience, just enough knowledge. So I think it's a good fit for the people like you and I that do it, because if you truly care and you're authentic about it, I think your community reflects that. Yeah. And that's something that Richard said to me when he first asked me if I wanted to take this group over. He said that they had thought a lot about it and he got together with Alexi from Award Wallet and they talked about different people and different things and how they could move the group forward. And he said, and you're one person who I think has both the knowledge and the personality to be able to take this over. And a lot of that is being able to be diplomatic and being able to um, diffuse a situation or being able to uh, be friendly to the new people, even when you've answered that question a hundred times. Or because, a thousand times. Yeah, a thousand times or a <laughs> yep. hundred thousand. Well, probably yeah. not that many, but um, you get a lot of the same questions and you get you have to answer them with a smile on your face and remember that there you were there once too. Um, 
you apparently were there on the other side of the world reading on the internet. <laughs> I did it a little bit more domestically, but we ended up kind of at the same place. And we, you had mentioned community building and we talked about community building and we're both in a position now where we're running a large group. I don't, I, how many members do you guys have? Do you uh, know? Yeah, we're smaller. Head? We're about 23,000. 23,000. So we're smaller so than you guys, and, but big enough, right? That, yeah. That you, have, you have personalities. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? <laughs> um, we just passed, uh, we just passed 62,000 this week. Wow. So it's, congrats. it's crazy. And I remember I, I first joined Award Travel 101 when Richard was still living in Japan, I think there were about 2,200 members when I joined. And I remembered every six months, you might hit another 1,000 people. And now it's every month or a little quicker than every month, we're hitting 1,000 people. And I'm sure you guys will grow exponentially. I'm sure you've seen that as well, that it, it just keeps getting faster and faster as people refer their friends. I wanted to talk a little bit about managing those communities. What are, are some of the biggest challenges that you've seen as far as what you have to do on a day-to-day -day or overall trying to, to send that community where you want it to go? It's a great question. Um, and it's one that I kind of go back and forth like, you know, sometimes these challenges are so difficult and like should, like, should I just change the way I do things? But I think the number one thing that I run into, and you can probably, uh, you know, vouch for what I'm about to say is, being being authentic um, to people that don't know what you're talking about. When I say authentic, I mean telling them, here's how you do it, X, Y, Z. You're trying to give them the tips and them to sit back and say, I am going to accept this. I'm going to accept it as truth and not call you a scammer and not tell you that this is all, you know, crap and you guys aren't doing it right and you're just trying to get my information i think that's the number one thing is like having that authenticity and having that voice of being rational when people don't agree with you and um, being able to get over that initial hump where a lot of people come in because their friend tells them about it and they think oh this is it's a timeshare or yeah, it, this is a, some sort of pyramid scheme. They're going to, they're going to get me to apply for all these credit cards and yep. I'll go into huge debt and then they're going to take my house away. Exactly. So that's a hard one. And it's hard to come across as authentic because, you know, at the end of the day, yes, we all, you know, Lexi, award wallet, finance buzz, all of us, we do make some money. If somebody opens a credit card through our affiliate links, it's, it's true. But I, I think we offer enough value and we tell people, you know, here's how you do it. And we want it to do what's best for you that it, it, it's worthwhile. So providing that value to people um, is a big thing. And again, like I said, being able to tell them that, be authentic and get through those hurdles is a big one. And I would say the number two thing is dealing with personality because that's the other thing. Every now and again, I just had it literally happen a couple of minutes before we walked into here was somebody comes in, they've got their way of traveling or their way to doing things. And when you try to tell them, hey, maybe you should try to do this, you're always wrong no matter what you say. Yep. Jeff, you've been doing it for 30 years. Well, guess what? I've been doing it for 31 years and you're an idiot. So sometimes you just got to you gotta be diplomatic. I think you said that earlier. Yeah, and say, I mean, if that's the way you want to do it, that's the way you want to do it. I'm not going to tell you that if you're traveling with six kids to London, you need to get an Airbnb. I just might mention that it might be a little easier than trying to get a hotel room that's going to fit eight people in London. <laughs> exactly. And I think I, I face it a lot because, you know, something for me is I travel, I call it net class. 
for anybody listening, all that means is I'm cheap. Okay. I'm frugal. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. You know, I stay at low in Hyatt's, Hilton's. Um, I fly economy, 700 flights. I've never flown up front. So a lot of times when I'm telling people this, people are like, you're absolutely insane. Why are you not flying business or first class? So um, there, I think dealing with the personalities is a big part of it as well. And you can probably vouch for that as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I honestly, when you just said that, I thought, wow, he's a little insane. Never having, <laughs> never having flown up front. Fair enough. But I get that. I, I'm very much, there's a lot of people in these communities who believe that you should always fly business or first class. If you have the points or you have the miles, you should find a way to do it. And maybe you need to purchase those flights every now and then or this uh, or that. But I very much believe that if I have 60,000 points or 60,000 miles and I could fly one way in business class or I could fly round trip in economy, uh, I mean, I'm going to fly the round trip. That gives me both ways that I need to go, especially something like going to Europe. Um, I, I just, I can live without sleep for one night if I need to. <laughs> I can get I can get two hours of sleep and I'm still okay for that first day on the ground in Europe. And some people can't handle that and some people can't do that. But I think I'm a little better than most to dealing with lack of sleep. And I would guess you're the same way now that you've flown so many red eyes and flights to various parts of the world without much sleep. And that's fair. Yeah. I, first of all, yes, I am. Obviously, I've learned to not sleep very, uh, very much and be fine. But I think the other thing that you said is really important is some people want to do it the other way. And if they want to do it that way, it's completely fine. I'm not here to tell you what's right and wrong. And I think you're the same way, right? We're diplomatic. But yeah. I am here to make a suggestion, and here's what you could possibly do. And if you use it, great. If not, you know, no hard feelings. And the other thing I think a lot of us in this community and this this hobby take for granted is we get to do like once in a lifetime trips, like pretty much every month if we want to. Some of us, right? Like yeah, absolutely. We, we are on the road and doing things that people. This is a once in a lifetime trip. We take it for granted sometimes. So I think we're so lucky that we get to do what we get to do. A lot of people get two weeks a year. And guess what? If I could only travel for two weeks, I'm going to stay at the Ritz and or the Four Seasons. I'm going to fly first class. I want to fly Q Suites, whatever that is, right? So I get that. I really do understand. Yeah, that but if, if you're traveling 180 days, that's a whole lot of nights at the Ritz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's why that's, I've never stayed at a Ritz. That's a lot of points. I, I've stayed at a couple of Ritz, but I did not pay for either of them. I, I used different uh, hotel nights or mistake rates or various things like that um because yeah i'm i'm very much of the opinion that if i can save money on the hotel or the flight then that gives me more money to spend on the delicious food or the activities or the or the beer or, or the beer yeah, yeah. <laughs> i i've been known to have a beer or two yeah um or the whatever ridiculousness i get into when i'm on the ground so I wanted to talk a little bit about, we talked about building the community. One of the things, one of the ways that we do that uh, in the Miles and Points community and something I talked a lot with Lee about on the episode last week was uh, conferences or get-togethers to get, get or meetings or we sometimes call them do's. I'm not even sure why we call them I, I was that. just going to ask you, do you know why we call it a do? I think that actually started on Flyer Talk a long, long time ago. The first time someone put one together, they called it a do. And I, for the longest time when I first got involved in this, I was like, what the heck does that mean? And no one has been able to tell me. So Okay. I'm glad it's not just me. No, it's not <laughs> just you. So the these conferences and with running... Uh, the larger groups that we do, we both 
put on conferences of various types. And I wanted to talk a little bit about the planning for those conferences. You have one coming up next month, right? Towards the end of next month? Yeah, October 26th. October 26th. And you, I assume, have been doing a lot of the planning for that. Yeah, fair bit. Um, Luckily, I've got people in the background, you know, that are helping me. Quickly, everybody listening, I went to uh, one of the the ones that Jeff just put on in his team. So Richard, Jeff, Death, everybody that was involved, you guys did a fantastic job. Um, and knowing how large it was, uh, I, I, because mine's going to be a little smaller than yours, I believe. Oh man, I don't envy you guys. So hey, pl- I'm clapping. If you can't hear that, it's good well, job. Well, thank you very much for that. That was that was a little bit terrifying for a couple of reasons. That conference, uh, and what he's referring to is a conference we did in Houston. Uh, we called it the Adadu, but it was for our award travel advanced group, which is our paid subscription group that does a little bit more advanced content than we do in Award Travel 101. But we had our, our first get together there. And the reason that that one was especially tricky was because I was a member of that group, but because of my summer travels, I was away for uh, more than a month and a half of the summer. I had decided not to go to that event in Houston. And then when I was in France earlier in the summer, I got the call from Richard and I ended up taking this over. And then at some point during the transition, I said, oh, wait, I have to go to Houston now, don't I? (laughs) And Richard said to me, yeah, you're running it. And I said, oh, wow. But when we got on the ground there, we, we were talking and neither he nor I had run any event of that size. We had both taken part and taken a hand in things, and I, I've worked with Howie at the Chicago Seminars on some stuff, and he's helped out at the Chicago Seminars and a couple other conferences. But we had we ended up with a little over 150 people there and coordinating meals and coordinating uh, everything we had to do conference space. Uh, about four or five days before the conference, I got a, a message from Richard, and it said, oh, bleep. I forgot to work Wi-Fi the into Wi-Fi, the contract. Yeah. Whoops. Yep. And we were like, oh, no. And we, anyone who has planned a conference at a hotel knows that they will, I, I can't really say nickel and dime you because it's often hundreds, if not thousands of dollars <laughs> that they try to upcharge you for absolutely everything. And we got in contact with them. And <laughs> I think for our 150 people, if we wanted dedicated service so, so that it would actually work in the meeting room, I think they wanted $3,700 just for the day Saturday. That's insane. So we were like, nope. So we sent out a message and said, hey, everybody bring your hotspots. <laughs> and we we could have negotiated that in. And I'm sure that I will definitely, like that's on my checklist for next time is make sure you have the Wi-Fi. But I, I mean, little things like we asked if we could have coffee in the back with the water and they said, sure you can. It's um, I think it was $76 and the, everything they told us was plus plus because it was plus yes. a service charge and plus tax. And it was a 25% service charge and then an 8.75% tax. Um, so it ended up being about a hundred dollars for a pot of coffee. <laughs> and we we're like, nope. And the woman actually said to us, there's a Starbucks in the Galleria just outside the door. Tell people to go out there and get Starbucks. It's cheaper. That was nice of them. I, and let, let me tell you, so like, obviously you had these hiccups from an outside perspective. It seemed like it went off, went off perfectly without a flaw. Like, obviously you guys sent well, the message and told yeah, us about the Wi-Fi. That's good to know that we, we tricked all of you. <laughs> <laughs> but it did. It went, it went really, really well, that conference. And um, we both, Richard and I both said at the end that we didn't have any major complaints. There were a couple of things that came up after the fact, but 
overall for the weekend, everything went pretty smoothly and we had some great people working with us at the hotel and some great people from our group who were helping out with scheduling dinners and things like that. So I, I wish you the best in yours. I can't be there for, for your event because I, I'm traveling too much. And if yeah. I don't stay home a little bit, <laughs> my wife is going to uh, lock the door or change the lock. She's going to churn player two. She's yeah, see, yes, she's going to, she's going to pull in player two, but I'm, I'm going to be in Europe for two weeks. And then I come home, I think for four or five days. And then I go to the Chicago seminars and then the next weekend after that is your event. Ours, yes. So I just, I just can't do it. I gotta stay home. That's so, also my son's birthday that weekend. Oh, okay. So, so I double, double, can't do yeah, it. double can't yeah. do it. So it's funny that you mentioned planning. So we looked at this and I'm the same issue as you. So I come home from Europe and then I leave for Australia. So the reason we planned our event when we did is because it was about the only thing that could work with my schedule and the rest of the team schedule. But we didn't stop and look if we had two weekends. Well, the weekend before, or the, sorry, the weekend after was the Grand Prix in Austin. So prices were insane. Yeah, you can't do it. Can't event. do it. And the weekend and of the Grand Prix. No Austin. availability for anything, right? So that didn't work. So we landed on the week we did. And then we realized, oh, we did it the weekend right after the Chicago seminars. Whoops. But we'd already committed. We'd already paid things. So again, it's a learning curve. We did do one last year in Las Vegas. Um, it was pretty much strictly a social thing. It was just like, come hang out, get to know the people. We had an overwhelming response. People loved it. But the number one thing was we would like a little bit more time where we can sit down, talk, maybe a little bit of education, kind of more of a seminar. Like you yeah, guys they want to, they want to learn things and they want to always have the chance to get the tips and chat with people and get that, the best information that you can only get face to face. Exactly. And that's what people wanted. And I think, um, so we decided, okay, we're going to change this. We're going to do what people wanted. We made those changes. We've invited a lot of speakers from different groups, different organizations that are coming in and going to do a really good job. So we're excited about it. But it has been a lot of work, like, you know, obviously. So, um, you know, we're even to today, you know, like I just before we got on this, I was chatting with Christine, who is our CMO, chief marketing officer and one of the founders of the company. And she was saying, all right, well, I just sent out this. We got to do this. So there's all these little things dotting your eyes, crossing your T's that go into this. But end of the day, it's about building that community and hope, hopefully offering the people that we communicate with on a daily basis enough value to come hang out and, you know, just have a good time and learn something at the same time. Yeah, because if you don't offer that, if you don't offer enough value, they're not going to come back. Exactly. And that's one thing I got out of our event that was, uh, do you plan to come to the next one? We sent out a survey afterwards and overwhelmingly the answer was yes. As long as those dates work for us, we plan to come to the next one. And that, I think that means we did something right. And I'll be there, just so you know. Excellent. <laughs> okay. Excellent. It yep. fit in between a couple of your trips. I'm so trying. I'm trying. Yep. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, so I, I do want to touch on one thing about the event planning, and it's something that I'm currently struggling with, is when it comes to picking a location. You mentioned you had done one in Las Vegas. You mentioned you are doing one in Austin. How do you choose those locations? Or is that something that the, the people who run Finance Buzz say, this is where we're doing it. And you say, okay, and then you make it happen. So what we, uh, Las Vegas was the place we landed on last year because there's, I, I think anybody that knows the hobby well enough knows there's status match opportunities and it's pretty easy to uh, find free or discounted rooms and it's pretty central and you, there's so many airlines that fly there. That was the determining factor last year. Plus the vast majority of our members were in California. So it made sense. This year, um, one, of the feed, one of the pieces of feedback we got from our group was, 
hey, let's do it a little bit more. Let's do it closer to the West Coast because flying from New York to uh, Las Vegas is a lot in a weekend. So I put out a survey into our group, I, you know, Facebook pool and said, hey, where would you guys like to go? And we narrowed it down to four locations and then we voted on those four locations. And it came down to, I think it was New Orleans, Austin, Cancun, and uh, New York, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then from there, I think it came down either to Cancun or Austin. It was it was back to back or kind of neck to neck. And we decided on Austin because a lot of people, there was a lot going on in Cancun and Mexico that, you know, they had the, what was it? Like the resorts that had tainted alcohol or something. And there was all these people worried, oh, what if this is going on? And there's it, a whole list of other challenges when you start exactly, planning something internationally, internationally exactly. whether it's That's Cancun or whether it's the Caribbean or whether it's Europe, anywhere, unless you're there on the ground or have someone there on the ground, there's a whole lot of extra stuff you need to deal with. A hundred percent. Yep. Um, we realized it was probably too much, especially for year two with us trying to put, bring in speakers and kind of a seminar more this year. So landed on Austin because it's a cool, fun, kippy place. Um, got good food, good beer, things like that. Yeah, it's, I'm, I've been several times and... I would agree with both of those things. Yep. And then, uh, you good know, good nightlife, some good music. And it's kind of central. So if you're East Coast, if you're West Coast, you can land. So I think it was really, it was really important this year that we involved the community to make that decision. Yeah. And we asked as part of that survey, we said, where should we do the next one? And I think about 75 to 80% of people just put their home airport. <laughs> uh, I think I did too. We had a couple. Well, there were actually a few a few votes for Tulsa. So I don't okay. know if you filled out the survey multiple times or if you Maybe. paid some yeah. other people or you sent it out to all your friends. It's, they shouldn't have been able to do that. But, you know, so, uh, you know, that's still in the list. You okay. never know. It all might right. be down the street from you, right. which may mean that you get the assignment of doing some of the local stuff. But we'll see. All right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, I can I ask you? Uh, can you tell anybody where are we leaning towards right now? Is there any? Where are we leaning towards for that next it's February, conference? Right? Uh, it's the end of February. End of February. Yeah. And that, uh, like we mentioned, that's part of the award travel advanced group. So you would need to join that group to have access to that. But I can say that I can reveal nothing at this point. Not right. because I, I don't tried, want guys. to. I tried. Not because I don't want to, because we really haven't picked yet. And that's a project for the next couple of weeks. I had uh, a bunch of travel leading up to that Houston event, like I said. And then I had a couple of weeks and I was just up in Rhode Island this past weekend. And now I have about three weeks home before I go on my next big trip. So I'm going to try to get a lot accomplished during that three weeks. Fair enough. I'll accept and, it. And speaking of those next trips, what's you mentioned briefly before what your next big trip is, but take us through a little bit of where you're going, what you're doing on that that next adventure that you're going with your wife, correct? Yep. So I don't go anywhere without my wife. It's kind of how it is, uh, with the exception of a, a work conference every now and again. But she's here with me right now here at FinCon. Um, so we are we're here in D.C. right now. And we leave from here, we're going up to Philly. And then from Philly, we're taking American, obviously, because it was uh, easy availability. If As long as you can fly over to Europe for 60,000 round trip and avoid those high British airway fees, if you, we went, we're going on Finnair. So we're actually flying into Barcelona um, in kind of a roundabout way, but flying to Barcelona. Uh, we're going to be there for four days. Uh, we've been before. I love it. Um, it's one of my favorite cities in the world. Have you been? I have, yeah. 
I absolutely love it. Uh, there's actually, we actually have a couple group members there. So I'm going to meet a couple group members over there just by chance. It's really cool. And then we're renting a car actually. And we rented our car through the Chase portal. Um, so 1.5 X valuation on my ultimate reward points. So love it or hate it. That's what I did. That's how I paid for my rental car. If and you have the points it, and, and you don't want to pay the money, that's, yeah. there's no reason not to do that. Exactly. And that's me. I always look at, you know, to have more points and more money. And uh, anyways, we're driving all the way up, um, all the way into Monaco. And then we fly from Monaco into Malta. We're gonna spend some time in Malta and then from Malta into Israel. Um, we love Israel. We spent a lot of time there in the holidays on the 29th. And then we fly back into Portland um, and then from Portland into Tulsa. And we have to go to Portland to pick up our dog because the number one thing stopping me from traveling full time is I have a wiener dog. I have this 11 pound wiener dog that is my world and she can't be babysat by anybody but her grandparents, which is my wife's parents. So we fly her home to drop her off with the parents. I, I understand where you're coming from there. We, we usually have a couple people that will watch our dogs when we travel. Um, there's some uh, daughters of people my wife works with or one of her previous student teachers. If, she's, if it's during the summer, she will absolutely come live at our house and loves our dogs and has tried to start Instagram accounts for them and is wonderful with them. But they, with the length of our trip to France earlier this summer, they couldn't watch them. So my dogs ended up going. My parents came down for my son's sixth grade graduation and we sent the dogs home with them. So they took them up to Syracuse. Smart. So I got home from France and was home for a couple of days and had a doctor's appointment. And then the next morning had to drive seven hours north to Syracuse <laughs> okay. to, to hang out with my parents and see my grandmother. And it, it was lovely. It was nice to see friends and see my parents and see my grandma. Um, and then I had to turn around and drive back. And really, I just wanted to get over my jet lag because I was uh, I was over there a month. So I had some pretty serious jet yeah, lag coming pretty back. Brutal. My body had reset. You completely adjusted. Well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I don't know. We'll see when I go in a couple of weeks. But if I switch back easily or if I, I don't know if I've completely recovered the whole time I've been home for these couple months. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm the same way. I, I tend to adjust going over to Europe real quickly, but coming back usually is a lot more difficult on me. So I don't know. Doing the, like I said, doing the south of France, you said you were just there, right? If I'm not mistaken. I was, yeah. Okay. We did we did four weeks in France. I drove about 3,300 kilometers all around France. Okay. So wow. once once we're done recording here, we can talk Let's about chat. a okay. few places maybe. And uh, if anyone is traveling to France and planning to go to some of those smaller towns uh, anywhere around, really around the country, I drove all over the place, um, shoot a message to myself or to Brandon. We're going to have some good advice for you because we're spending a bunch of time there driving around. <laughs> And I think that's one of the things I should touch on that quickly is like, I know this is the points and miles and, you know, community and all of us like to talk about that, but it's a travel community as well. Like one of the biggest things I've taken away from award travel or FBZ elite or whatever group you're in is you can ask for advice on like, Hey, I'm going to whatever, what a nice France, right? Like, what should I do? What should I eat? And the communities, if they're ran well, and obviously your community is, People jump in, they're happy to help, and you get these unique tips. So I think that's one of the huge value adds to these communities is being able to ask those questions. Yeah, and we have we actually have a thread every Wednesday that we call Where to Go Wednesday that people can ask. It doesn't have to be miles or points related. They can ask anything about anywhere in the world. And it's amazing how many <laughs> of those questions about odd little things get answered. I was just scrolling through today, and I was thinking as I was waiting to meet up with you, 
and I was answering some questions and putting some stuff in. And I just kept thinking, man, I've been to a lot of these places people are asking about. And that's another thing that we, we sometimes we take it for granted that we've been so many places, but I've, I've been in this game for about 10 years now. And I, I don't go one place a year. Yeah. <laughs> I, I definitely hit a couple more than that. So I take it at least five or six of what people would consider to be once in a lifetime or dream vacations to places that people save up their whole lives to go to. And I, I think the value of being able to run this community and being able to help people realize those dreams and see that that's something they can do is one of the best takeaways that I'm getting from it so far is the, the people who take that first trip with points to somewhere they never thought they would be able to go is it's so rewarding to see that and and great to see those people out there traveling getting that first message or maybe it's probably not your first message but getting that message every week from somebody that's like this it all worked it all came together and me and my family are doing x y and z is like the best thing ever you know I, I i absolutely love that part of it um you know hopefully it happens for you weekly it seems like i get something yeah and, week, the, and the pictures and the everything is just it's just amazing so as we close up here, let's tell everyone we told people to shoot you a message, but let's tell them how to do that. Where where can people find you? Where are you online? Uh, just run through it quick, and then we'll link up in the show notes to whatever you tell us. Sure. So my name's Brandon Neff. Uh, my primary go-to is Facebook. So find me on Facebook. Add me. Um, you can't miss me. I got a bunch of points and miles stuff. I think if people like to hear me talk. Obviously, they probably don't. But you know, my narcissistic dream is to be on podcasts like this. Uh, I work for FinanceBuzz.com. Um, yes, we do points and miles, but we all are also a bigger finance site. So we talk about debt, investing, um, real estate, fire, which is financial independence, retire early, which is why I'm here at FinCon right now. Um, and then our, our Facebook group is FBZ Elite Travel and Points. Um, it is about a third of the size of your group, but it's a really good, engaged community. Um, again, a lot like yours. It's very welcoming, very friendly. And then Finally, I'm on LinkedIn, so I know a lot of people don't use Facebook. If you want to LinkedIn, you know, um, add me on and ask me questions, and I'm always happy to help wherever I can. Well, fantastic. Now everybody knows where they can find you online, and maybe they'll see you in an airport flying around the world sometime. I know I, I run into people all the time that are members of the group or people that I've known from traveling, or I end up in a city and get messages from three other people that say, oh, yeah, we're here too. So. Maybe you'll maybe you'll run into Brendan if you're um, staying at not the Ritz, not the Ritz, yes, <laughs> not the Ritz. A, a, a Hyatt place or a hostel. Just look for my amazing flowing hair. So. Yes, yes, <laughs> that, that'll be great. So thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. I know that you're doing a whole lot of things here at uh, FinCon, and to sneak away for a little bit and record with me, it's absolutely wonderful that you were able to do that. And best of luck to you for the rest of the conference and i hope you have an amazing trip coming up these next couple of weeks thank you and thank you for having me and reaching out i appreciate it well it was certainly a good time getting together with brandon neth and chatting about what it's like to run a facebook group for thousands and thousands of people on a day-to-day -day basis i hope you enjoyed that inside look of a little bit of what the day-to-day -day looks like and a little bit of what goes into planning some of those events and conferences that we keep telling you you should go to to meet the people in the Miles and Points world. If you want to hear more from the Award Travel 101 podcast, be sure to subscribe. We have new episodes coming out every week. And if you could do us a favor and leave a rating or review, that'll help other people to find us as well. 
And that's all we have for you this week. Until next time, keep earning those miles and points and safe travels wherever you're headed in the world. Thanks for listening.